himself to the people, to some of you this week. And I believe we're going to see more and more of God's hand. I mean, do notable miracles. I really do. I mean, you just stop and think. Nicholas got attacked by three pit bulls. Could have been deadly. Could have been really been deadly. He's got some scratches and maybe one or two bite marks, but God stood up. God stood up. Sister Gail was talking about how the heat lamp that she keeps there with her puppies fell down in that bedding, and it was burned all around. Could have set her house on fire. But God stood up. I said, God stood up. And what God done for Brother Billy Saturday. I mean, God stood up. Amen. God stood up. God's revealing Himself. Amen. And I believe we're going to see God come and fight for His people. And stand up for us. That people on the outside are going to know that our God is real. Amen. That He's real. That He will fight for us. And stand for us. Because He loves us. Amen. We're His chosen. Do y'all realize you're the chosen of God? You're the chosen. Hey, amen. A royal priesthood. A chosen generation. A holy nation. Amen. A holy nation. That's what God's bringing forth. A holy nation. That we will be like people in the Bible. People in the Bible feared God. They feared God. When the children of Israel camped against Jericho, they said our hearts did melt within us. They said our hearts melted within us. Said fear come on us and our hearts melted within us because we'd heard how great things your God has done for you. Where's that people today? You don't see that people today, but thank God they're coming forth. They're being created. They're being brought forth in a working of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That God is making Himself real to us. And I thank God for it. And I tell you, that service last night, man, all I could say last night for probably two or three hours, my God, what a God. What a great God in the way He moved. In the, Do y'all realize God's investing in us? Do you realize God's investing in us? God's investing in us. God's investing in you. He's got a reason he's investing in us. Every one of us in here, God's investing in us. He's invested in us. You just didn't come to the knowledge of the truth. You just didn't receive a earnest of the Holy Ghost. There ain't nothing that, that God's done that you've done on your own. God's investing in you. God's investing in each and every one of us because he has a purpose. He has a purpose. And it's up to us to find that purpose and find his will and give ourselves to him and say, all right, let's do it. Amen. Let's do it. Let's find that place. Let's get in where you want us so we can bring deliverance to this generation. Amen. God's not bringing all this knowledge of the word and all this working of his spirit just so we can feel good. He's investing in us. You stop and think about that. God's investing in you. I said, God's investing in you.
because he got a purpose for you. Amen. There's six billion something people out there God can choose from. What made him choose me and you? Thank God for his mercy and his grace. Amen. Thank God for his mercy and grace. There ain't no one of us in here could be dead in hell right now. Except for God's mercy and grace. Except for God's mercy and grace. Some of y'all God delivered you from a life of drugs and ungodliness. You can still be right there. Except for God's grace. Amen. Except for his mercy. You can still be right there. But God saw something in each and every one of us. And he's investing in you. He's investing in you. You ain't just feeling what you're feeling. And God ain't just doing what he's doing. God invested in some lives in here last night. God's been investing in lives. Thank God for his goodness. Will you go to prayer with me? Will you lift up your hearts to him? And magnify him and honor him and glorify him. For what he's doing in each and every life. Hallelujah. You're physically able. Would you stand and lift your hands? And let's talk to him. Let's honor him. Let's lift our hearts to him and give him praise. My precious heavenly father. By the name of thy holy child Jesus. We come before you today. And father I want to say thank you. For your mercy. For your grace. For your compassion. For the goodness. That you bestowed upon us. Lord just thank you. For how that you're invested in each and every life. The way you reach us down your delivered hand this week. God on brother Billy. On young brother Nicholas. God on sister Gail. God, you brought brother Joseph back in. God touched him. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Savior, for your love and your mercy and your compassion and your goodness. And Lord, we lift our hearts in gratitude. We lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubt. And we say thank you for being mindful of us. God, for looking down on this little church in a hillside in Alabama where there's billions and billions and billions of people on the face of this earth. Thank you, Father, for your love and your goodness and your kindness and for being there for us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We give you honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Would you tell him you love him? Would you tell him you love him? Would you tell him you love him? Hallelujah. He's a great big God and he's good. Amen. Brother Billy, I'll give you the opportunity to testify if you'd like to. You can stay back there and we'll have somebody bring you a mic. Because I know God touched him in a great way yesterday. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. I just thank God for His mercy, for His goodness, compassion, patience. Thank God for His patience. I know God is real and He's true. To, he's faithful to us. You know, that's the way I want to be to Him. I want to return back to Him what He's done for me. Hallelujah. What He's done for me. How He stood for me. I want my life to be, you know, a life that will be pleasing to Him not find favor with Him. You know, I don't care about finding favor with man, but I want to find favor with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for me, gave His life that I could have life, have it more abundantly. You know, when they told me I had cancer, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I tell you, it, it done something to me done something to my faith. I said, God, what's the matter? We're not supposed to let these things come upon us. We're not supposed to have these things in us. We're not supposed to be sick and diseased up. But I've been petitioning God. Show me what the problem is. Show me what's wrong. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to get an answer. You know, the devil keeps telling me you need to go get yourself fixed. I said, I'm not going to my end. If God can't deliver me, I'll die. I made my mind up. I'll die before I let a man cut on me again. I will die. I have rather go out. If he can save me, he can heal me. Amen. God's got the same power that can save me, can heal me. And I believe that. And I'm standing on that. And I, you know, I quote the word of God. To the devil every day. Every day I quote the word to God, to the devil, about how God can heal. He's my healer. The bunch of devils always coming back and showing me signs and things. Well, why don't he heal? I said, I don't know, devil, but I'm going to be healed. And I may go out at this life, but I'm not going out with cancer. I said, devil, I'm not going out with cancer. I'm going to come through this thing. God's going to heal me somewhere. Amen. Somewhere God's going to heal me. Amen. Amen. They, the Bible says that God put in the church the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. Amen. So I, I know there there is a gift. Somebody's got the gift of faith. The Bible says there is a gift of faith. There's a gift of miracles. There's a gift of healing. Somebody's got it. Amen. To get my faith to where I can believe without any shadow of doubt that God is my healer. I confess that word every day. Jesus, by your stripes I'm healed. I don't care what I see. I'm not going by what I see. I'm living by faith, not by sight, not by what the devil's trying to show me. But I'm trusting in you and I'm believing in you. You know, when I failed the other day, I got up. Normally when I get up at night and have to use the bathroom, I'll sit on the bed for a few seconds. But that time I didn't. I just got up. 
because I thought I really had to use the bathroom real quick. And I started to the bathroom and I, I felt something come on me. I know what I knew I was fixing to pass out because I've done, I felt that feeling two or three times before and I passed out before. And I knew what it was. And I, I saw the door to my bathroom and I reached for that door, but I never did feel touching the door. Next thing I know, I was laying on the floor and Pat was praying for me. And, and, you know, laying there and she's, I, I said, help me. I, all I remember saying is help me, help me. But you know, I was crying out to God. I wasn't really crying out to God, to Pat. I was crying out to God in my heart. Lord, help me. Help me. I didn't know what had happened. It knocked me out. I, I don't, I hit the, I guess I, I hit the floor with my head or something. I don't know what happened, but anyway, I passed out. Finally, I come to myself and Pat was praying for me. And she said, I can't get you up. And I, I kept reaching out to God, give me strength to get up. And I squirmed around a little bit. I said, let me get on my side. And I turned over and rolled over on my side. Got up on my knees. And there's a dresser there. And I put my hand on that dresser. And I pulled myself up with her help. Helping me. And I said, and I said but then I, you know, I thought I'd, I'd been walking some and praying, talking to the Lord. Just getting out to myself and reaching out. You know, for an answer. I need an answer. I'm reaching and petitioning God for an answer. And I've been reaching out to God for something and you know I, I I went to this bluff way back there behind my neighbor's house and it's a beautiful sight down there a big waterfall big old high bluff I sit on that bluff and I pray and that bluff came to me I thought I'd fell off the bluff because it was dark I didn't have no lights on in the house when I went to the bathroom it was dark and I, when I was laying on my back, I thought, and I woke up, it was dark, and I thought, man, have I fell off of a bluff and hit a rock? Who's gonna find me? You know it. But they didn't know fear come to me. There was no fear there. I was in peace. And then when Pat stood me up, she said, I passed out again, but I don't even remember that. When I started in, she trying to take me into the bathroom. She said, I hit my head on the wall again. I don't even remember that. But, but anyway, God's mercy is real, people. God's power is real. God, you know, I could have failed. I could have, I told somebody, I said, well, it's a miracle. I failed where I did because if I'd made it that bathroom, I could have hit the bathroom sink. I could have hit that big, we got a big, uh, whirlpool, uh, bathtub there by the commode. I could have hit that. And it's got, you know, a marble like top on it. Like, you know, there's so many hard surfaces in there in my tabletop. It's, it's real hard in there on my cabinets. It's about two inches thick. And uh, I, I thought, Lord, it's a miracle. You know, I didn't have a broke bone. I was sore. I was stoved up. Man, my neck, I thought maybe I'd done something to my vertebrae my neck. But thank God, this morning I feel good. I ain't got a pain. <laughs> Amen. And all that soreness is gone. It's gone. I'm telling you. Uh, my elbows were so sore. I thought I'd broke my elbow. And I told Pat, finally, I said, check my elbows. I said, my elbows are hurting bad. And I thought I'd, I probably broke, chipped that bone in my, both of my elbows. Not one of them, but both of them. 
she checked. Patty, she got a hold of Patty. I didn't know she got a hold of Patty. I heard her get on the phone call. I thought she was talking to Brenda. What little bit I heard. And she called Brother John, the pastor. I, she wanted to call 911. I said, I'll not go. If you, if you get them here, I'll not go. I don't, I don't know man's help. I want God's help. I know God's power is real, people. I don't know about none of you, but I know. I've, I know the power of God is real. I know I've been delivered before. I've been healed before. And I know the power of God. He's real. It's real, people. It ain't no phony. It ain't no make-believe. It ain't just something I've got in my mind. I know the power of God is real. You know, I want that power. I want that power of deliverance. I want that power to lay hands on the sick. You know, he didn't tell us just to go out and just pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. Lay hands on them and heal them. He didn't just say, go pray a little old pitiful little old prayer. Oh, God, have mercy on them, God. They, they just didn't, you know, every time somebody don't get healed, we want to point a finger to them and say, well, they just didn't know how to faith. Well, what about a dead man? A dead man ain't got no faith. Who raised a dead man? You gotta have some power if you raise a dead man. You gotta have something. You gotta be close to God to raise a dead man. An ordinary person ain't gonna go out there and raise a dead man. Cause that dead man ain't got no faith. If you're depending on somebody to have faith to be healed, you can forget it. Amen. Because I bet you, uh, probably 90% of the people coming up, they just want their flesh healed. They, they ain't really wanting something from God. They want their flesh healed. But I tell you, there's a power in God. And there's a gift of healing. There's a gift of miracles. There's a gift of faith. And I, I want it. Amen. I don't know about you, what you want to do. You may just want to come to church and have church. I that ain't what I want. I've been to church all of my life. And I'm sick of it. I am absolutely sick of church. The way, the way I've seen it, Sister Banner, the way I've seen it, I tell you, I tell you too many people come to the house of God sick and afflicted and diseased and bound by things that need deliverance. We should be a man. If we're a man of God or a son of God, we, anybody walks in this building right here ought to be delivered every time they come in here. I don't care what they bound by. I don't care how deep in sin they are. Jesus set people free. Jesus set them free. And if we've got Jesus in us, we ought to be doing the same thing. He said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And I'm desiring that. That's my heart's desire. See people set free, saved, healed, and delivered by the power of God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good praise. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated if you can. Appreciate that great testimony. You got a, you got a hunger for him. Amen. Would you go ahead and open your Bibles with me to Hebrews the the eighth chapter? I feel like the Lord's going to let me just pick up right where we left off last Sunday. Tell you, I see God's hand working and doing great things in, in the body. I see the body coming together. Can anybody see the hand of God working in this body? I see God's hand working. Hallelujah. And I truly believe there's a measure of the kingdom God wants to take us into this year. I truly believe that. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me in Hebrews 8? Let's go to verse 10. 
For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know ye the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? Hallelujah. Man, that's enough to make you shout right there. In that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first old. Now that he, now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Hallelujah. Go with me to Romans the 12th chapter. Get there, say amen. Boy, that was weak. (laughs) Verse 1. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, or your mind, that ye prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let's drop over to Romans, the seventh chapter. Verse 21. Everybody there? I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Would you close your eyes and let's ask the Lord to bless his word. Father, I thank you for your word. And I ask you, Lord, to bless the reading of your word. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Lord, help us. God, that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Lord, you're taking us somewhere and you're reaching. God, with instruction and correction to bring us to that place that you can reveal your son in us. Let us 
hearken to the working of your spirit. Be with us today, God. Let your mercy and your grace overshadow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to talk to you today on being renewed or renewing your mind. Being renewed in the spirit of your mind or renewing your mind. We all know the mind. It's our thoughts. It's our imaginations. It's where we process information. But we also know it's the battleground. It's the it's where the enemy attacks. If the enemy's going to get you, it's going to happen in your mind. It's the enemy's purpose to keep a confusion and an upsetness and a warfare going in your mind to bring a division between you and the Spirit of God. That's his purpose. The Bible plainly tells us in Romans the 8th chapter that the carnal mind is God's enemy. It's enmity against God. It wars against everything that the Spirit of God in you wants to bring you into. There's a constant opposition. Why? Because your flesh or your carnal man or your your mind it's not subject to God. It's not subject to God. Paul said here, I find that in me, I find a law that's in me. When I do good, evil is present. But I find a law warring in my members. I find a fight from this law that's in me. There's a fight. There's a warfare to bring me into captivity, to bring me into destruction or bondage. That law is warring in my members. What is it? The law of sin. The law of flesh. The law of the carnal man. The law of your nature that you were born with. Paul said it's there. Doesn't matter what I want to do for God. He said that. Evil, that law of sin, it's present in me. It's present in every one of us. We all have that sinful nature. And only by learning the warfare and the combat and getting renewed in the spirit of your mind are you going to overcome this and get victory over this. You've got to learn to renew your mind. And it's not something you do once. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Amen. It's a daily thing. Go back to Romans 12. And Paul writes here. He said, I beseech ye by the mercies of God. That you, brethren, every one of you, you give yourself, you make your, your body a present unto God. You present your body every day a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He said, that's what you're supposed to do. That's your reasonable service. 
Every day is what you're supposed to do. See, we, we, we come to service and like last night or like last week, God moves and there's such a high spirit, there's such a deliverance, there's such a great joy. I mean, my God, those four days of meeting last week put such a faith and a strength and an excitement in people. But then for some reason, the flesh will tell you, all right, God's moved for you. He's blessed you. You're strong. And then people will pull away from the working of the Holy Ghost, stay out of the house of God, and the enemy gets in. The enemy gets in, children, because you're not daily. This thing has to be done daily. He said daily presenting your bodies. Daily. Paul said, I die daily. Is that what he said? Did Jesus not say that to take up your cross daily? Did he not say that? Is it not for us to learn daily? To bring our body under subjection. To present it to God. He said, presenting your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed. That word conformed means don't be made like. Don't be made like to this world. Be not conformed to this world. The church has preached that as outward dress. Wrong. That's wrong. You don't think like this world. You don't like this world, you don't respond like this world uh, to tragedy, upsetness, disaster, situations, uh, but you have renewed uh, your mind. Uh, you have been transformed. Trans- uh, that word transform means translated. Uh, you have morphed. Uh, you have changed from the carnal uh, man that you are. Uh, you have been transformed uh, because you have daily uh, studied that word, uh, sought God in prayer. Uh, you have been Built yourselves uh, upon your most holy faith, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and there is a moving uh, of the Spirit of God in you uh, that when something happens, uh, your carnal man does not have uh, the preeminence in your thoughts, uh, but your spiritual man uh, takes hold uh, because you are renewed uh, in the spirit of your mind uh, to hold on to God and to take God at His Word. very reason things happen to us is we keep the spirit man suppressed we keep him suppressed and we only tap into him or try to tap into him when we need God to move for us or we need a benefit from God shame on you shame on you every day if you will tap into the word of God Tap into the Spirit of God in prayer. And not just, not just pray, but practice. Practice the Word. Does the Bible not tell us to practice? Oh, I'm telling you, it does. Oh, yes, it does. He said, I think it's in 2 Corinthians 6, he made all these promises. And he said in 7, he said, therefore, dearly beloved, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness. You, you want to perfect something, you practice. You want to perfect something, you put it to work. Ain't none of us ever does anything one time and gets it 
right. But the more we do it, the more we practice, the more we present ourselves, the more we pray, the more we study, the more we act upon God's Word. This mind up here starts morphing. It starts transforming. It starts being renovated. It starts being renovated. And the, the, the carnal man is no longer in control of you. But the spirit man has stepped in and he's fighting. He's coming against that warfare. Paul said, I see a law in my members, the law of sin, warring to bring me into captivity. I don't care if you're saved. I don't care if you received an earnest of the spirit. If you don't learn spiritual warfare and you don't learn daily how to renew your mind in God, the law of sin that is in your members will bring you into captivity to this law of this flesh and bondage. It'll bring you down. It'll bring you down. This ain't a once a week thing. This ain't something you're going to do every now and then. And what so troubles me is God moves and set people free and then they'll just let flesh have its way. I've said it so many times. Paul said, I am afraid of you, some of you. Lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. I've said it. And I said, God, it seems like the more I fast and pray and fight, get on my knees in the altar and cry out, say, God, help this one, help that one. Call your names before the Lord. God have mercy on them. God work in them. God help them. God bring them in. God open their understanding. It seems sometimes like the more I pray, the further some people drift. It just sometimes it so vexes and upsets my spirit till I wish I could just reach out there and take the devil by his neck and just shake him and say, leave him alone, Satan. Leave him alone. Get away from him. Get off of him. But you got to fight a spiritual fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the what? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. I know I touched on it last week, but this is necessary. That was... Some good teaching, Brother Harlan, done this morning. What? Teaching us that our trials, our trials that God has appointed us to, every one of them, no matter what it is, it's an appointment. Brother Billy, all this thing is is an appointment that God has placed there to bring you into something that you didn't have. Are y'all listening to me? When you are striving to walk with God with all of your heart, God does not step back and let the devil afflict you except for one reason, to bring you into something deeper and greater. And as you apply the Word of God in your life, as you believe the Word and walk by the Word and and, and 
fight to practice the word, then somewhere that word will stand and be your deliverance. Somewhere that word, why? The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the what? To the pulling down of strongholds, the fear, the doubt, the unbelief, the carnal mind that stands up in us and tells us God's word won't work, shows us lying signs, shows us things that will diminish our faith and cause our faith to want to pull back from a true and a living God. It pulls down those struggles and it casts down the imaginations of the mind. Cast them down. People don't understand spiritual warfare. They don't understand. It's the enemy's job. He hates God so much that he's going to lie to you. He's going to build up strongholds in here if you give him the opportunity. He's going to cause division and confusion and chaos in you against your brothers and sisters, against the body of Christ. Why? To section you off, to single you out so that he can destroy you. He sets up imaginations. He sets up strongholds in your mind. There ain't a one of you in here that the devil hasn't come to you and lied to you about a brother or sister or made you think that somebody had something against you or didn't like you or had this purpose or that purpose about the way they looked at you because they didn't speak to you or they didn't do what you thought they ought to do. The enemy set in with imaginations and began to set up strongholds in your mind. Now tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about. Every one of you. It's the devil's business to bring schism and division into the body. Because the Spirit of God is striving to bring us together. In one mind. In one accord. Amen. Paul wrote in Philippians, the first chapter. He said, striving. Striving by one Spirit. To come together in one mind. That's what God's trying to do. Bring us together in our mind in what we won't know in that mind. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, not Jesus Christ, that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Amen. Let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. You think Jesus didn't have this warfare when he walked this earth? Oh, yes, he did. Everywhere he turned, people was lying on him. Did y'all know Jesus was considered a bastard? He was conceived out of wedlock. Everybody knew it. And they called him a bastard from the day he was born. He had to bear that reproach. Every time he tried to do something, he had all the religious leaders all over him. Trying to catch him in his words. Trying to cause him to mess up. He was fought against. He was lied on. He was persecuted. He was put down. And the devil all the time telling him, You ain't who you think you are. You ain't the son of God. 
when he came out of that wilderness of 40 days and fasting and prayer, the first thing the devil said to him was, If thou be the Son of God. If you're really who you think you are. You're hungry. You ain't ate nothing in 40 days. Take the power that's in you and turn them stones to bread. Trying to get him to misuse what God had given him. Everything the devil said to him was, If I be the Son of God. What was he doing? A warfare of the mind. Because Jesus had a human side. Y'all going to wake up one of these days and realize Jesus had a human nature. He was born of a woman. He had a human nature. He was declared to be the seed of David according to the flesh. But he was also declared to be the Son of God by the Spirit of holiness that dwelt on the inside of him. He had the Spirit of God living in him, but he still had that that nature where that mind warred against him and tried to get him to make mistakes and mess up the same warfare we go through. Uh, he went through. He was tempted uh, in all points like as we are, uh, yet without sin. Uh, I can identify with what Brother Billy's saying. Uh, did I think I'd ever fall off a roof uh, and bust my body up uh, and God wouldn't heal me on the spot? Uh, no, sir. Uh, there was a faith in me. Uh, I was laying hands on the sick. People was getting delivered. I, I'd seen them come out of wheelchairs, I, unbuckle back braces, short legs grow. I, I was telling my son I, in 86, we was in Bolivia I, and my wife was having miracles. I, every night we'd back up to a platform 10 foot high and put our back against it and 20,000 people I, would press on about 10 or 12 of us. I, we had blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, I, lame limbs healed. I, I prayed for a man one night with a leg I, about six inches short and I grabbed it and spoke the word of God to it and in an instant it jumped out even and it almost scared me. Just such a great move of God. I know what he's talking about when he said when they told him he had cancer it it, it floored him. Why? He's walked up right before God. He's walked up right before God. That's the reason this isn't a judgment. It's a trial. It's a trial. You hear me? It's a trial. And when you get in a trial, you do warfare in your mind. You do warfare in your mind. When you're, when there's just an affliction come against you like it's coming against him, when I hurt in my body and I had to spend two months in a hospital bed, I, and the enemy told me every day, I, a dark cloud would come in the corner of that room every morning I, for over a month, I, and the devil would tell me, I, you have failed God. I, your faith has failed you. I, you will never walk right again. I, you will never preach again. I, you will never have another miracle. I, you will never fulfill the call of God on your life. I, and I had to endure that buffeting I, of the devil. I, I had to endure it. I, but inside I knew I, that living word of God somewhere I, would restore. I, that living word of God somewhere I, would come alive. I, and it would stand up in me. I, just like it's going to stand up in you, Brother Billy. I, it would stand up in me. I, why I had done no wrong. I, I had given my life I, serving God. I, and the affliction. That was appointed unto me. I had to fight the fight and war the warfare. I had to war it. I had to walk it out. She couldn't help me. 
She could pray for me. She could be there to do things for me naturally. But the warfare in my mind, it was my battle and mine alone. It was my battle and mine alone. And I had to hold on and believe that everything the devil was telling me was a lie from the pit of hell. I had to hold on and believe that I was called and anointed of God. I had to hold on and believe, Sister Brenda. I know what you're dealing with. The pain and the agony and wondering sometimes in your spirit, you just want to throw your hands up and say, God, why? I don't understand. And sometimes our flesh will get the best of us. And we don't understand these trials. We don't understand. I don't understand why a man like Smith Wigglesworth, I, I think it was endured kidney stones for six years, I would stand and preach the gospel, I have miracles and raise the dead, I go out of the pulpit in his underclothes, I soaked in blood. I, but he stood and he said, A servant's knife, I, a surgeon's knife will not touch me. I, in life or in death and one day God just healed him and he passed him kidney stones and when he died it was a law in England that they done an autopsy on everybody that died but they had so much respect for that man they would not do an autopsy and the word of God that he spoke and said a surgeon's knife will never touch me in life or in death for I believe God I believe God I believe I believe in the stripes of Jesus. I believe in the power of a resurrected Savior. But children of God, it's a warfare in the mind. It's a warfare. It's a warfare. If you ain't ever been there, you don't understand it. And I've tried to preach it to you. I've tried to explain it to you. I've tried to break it down. None of you are exempt from it. Ain't a one of you in this church exempted from a tragedy, from an affliction, from a trial. You're not exempt. You're not exempt. Matter of fact, you're more online to go through trials. But see, the same things that happen to you, they're going to happen to people out there in the world. But your consolation is you've got a deliverer. You've got peace. You've got somebody that's going to fight for you and bring deliverance. You listening to me? And you ain't got but one option. That's to walk it out every day. To stand on the Word of God, to defy the devil. And to put confidence in your God. 2 Corinthians 10th chapter. Third verse. For though we walk in the flesh, I don't know any of y'all that's glorified yet. Any of y'all got a glorified body and I just ain't found it out? Any of y'all can appear and disappear? Walk through walls? Not yet. I'm working on it. But ain't got there yet. There's probably sometimes some of y'all probably wish I'd disappear. But Paul said, have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. This is tough. Sometimes the trials and the things we deal with in the spirit realm, they get brutal. But God never fails. 
He said, I will never allow. I'll never let you be tempted above that that you're able to bear. But with every temptation, he said, the way of escape. And we'll get out and pray, God, I can't take no more. I got news for you. God knows you. Breaking point. You may think you know it. But your breaking point's down here. God's breaking point's way up here. <laughs> You'll tell God, I can't take no more. And tomorrow you're in the same place. You're taking some more. <laughs> you're taking some more. God, I can't take no more. He done ratcheted it up. And God don't move. And you're in the same place tomorrow. Taking more and saying, God, I can't take no more. Why? God knows your threshold. He knows how far that you can go. Amen. We're still walking in the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. We don't let this mind. You've got to discipline your mind. This is key. Y'all listen to me. This is key. You cannot just let the enemy get in your mind and start lying to you. He will show you mental pictures of your death, your destruction, your demise. He will show you you're going to shipwreck. You're going to lose out with God. He will show you all kind of mental pictures of every calamity that can come on you. And you have to discipline your mind to put a stop to it and tell the devil he is a liar and cut off these lying thoughts. Why? You are in a warfare. You are in a war and the law of sin uh, that lives in your members, uh, the law that likes to commit adultery and fornication and party uh, and lie and be covetous, uh, that law of sin is in your members. Uh, it is in you uh, and it is warring to bring you into cap. Activity, uh, to pull down uh, the word of God in your spirit uh, and tell you uh, it won't work. You're wasting your time. Am I making sense to you? Am I making sense to you, children? And God ain't just doing this to one of you or two of you. The body's being tried. Everybody's warfare is different. Because everybody's weak, weak point is different. Amen? Where some of you are weak, I may be strong. Where I'm weak, you might be strong. But we all have our weaknesses. And the devil knows where they're at. And that's where he comes to get you. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're not worn after fleshly things. We're worn after the things of the Spirit. If you really want God real in you, you're in a fight to possess the kingdom of God and for His Son to be revealed in you. That's what your warfare is. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Are you all listening to me? It doesn't take the enemy very long if you listen to him to set up strongholds. He will put doubt. He will put fear. He will put unbelief. He will cause you to get under a depression. He will cause you to walk under a discouragement. 
I mean, have you ever seen people that claim to be children of God that they don't smile? They don't smile. Everything that comes out of their mouth is negative. I'm going to tell you, God's people would learn a good lesson. Keep your mouth shut. And I'm saying that in all sincerity. Keep your mouth shut. Every time some of God's people, I'm preaching in generalities, talk to somebody. Well, how you doing? Well, let me tell you, I'm going through this. I'm dealing with that. The devil is warning at me about this. I'm feeling this in my body and that in my mind. And this is happening and that's happening. And I just don't understand where God is and why God ain't moving for me and what's going on. And all you're doing is saying, hey, devil, you about got me. I'm fixing to give up. Here I am. I'm getting weak. Hit me harder. You know why? The flesh loves sympathy. The flesh loves sympathy. Oh, poor Jason, he just going through it. God bless his heart. God bless your heart, man. I want you to know I'm praying for you and I'm in there fighting for you. And I'm gonna tell you, most of the people, y'all, uh, y'all, you, 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 those of you that are on Facebook, you can read it on Facebook, man. People post things about how bad they're feeling, what they're dealing with, what they're going through, and then there'll be 47 comments praying for you, praying for you, praying, and they ain't prayed nothing. Most of them ain't prayed a thing. Just wanting to pamper your flesh, make you feel good. The warfare's on you. The warfare's on you. Because you ain't going to find very many people you can contact that says, I'm going to prayer for you, that'll stop and get on their knees and get in the fight. You ain't going to find a handful. You ain't going to find a handful. Y'all hear me? But what these people don't realize what they're doing, they are waving a red flag at the devil. They're waving a red flag at the devil. I ain't got no peace. I ain't got no joy. I ain't got no comfort. I'm battling this. I'm battling that. My God, you are giving life to your situation. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Start quoting the Word of God. Start putting faith and the living Word into action in your life. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You getting around somebody or calling somebody up, it's one thing to tell a, a, a warrior, a vessel, a minister of the gospel to what you need them to go to prayer for you about and just blab to everybody. We're getting quiet in here. <laughs> you come talk to me or some other minister of the gospel or and tell them what you need prayer for. You don't need to go talk to everybody else in the church. And everybody else in your cell phone contact list. Some of y'all just start with A and you'll hit the button. And everybody you can get on the line. Well, I'm, I'm going through it. Man, the devil just attacked me. I'm just, my God, I ain't got no peace. I ain't got no joy. I can't sleep. I'm feeling bad. This is happening. That's happening. What in God's name is going on? I don't know where the Lord is. I'm trying to pray and can't pray. Trying to fast and can't fast. I, I'm trying to believe God. And the devil's just sitting there making his list. About got him there, hit him a little bit harder. About got him there, hit him a little bit harder. About got him there, I'll hit him a whole lot harder. 
And all you're doing is opening the door. Why? For by the words of your mouth you shall be justified. And by the words of your mouth you shall be condemned. Amen. For you shall give account of every idol. That word idol means doubting and unbelieving word that comes out of your mouth. Because your flesh wants sympathy. You are opening up a can of worms. It's going to take a big measure of the Holy Ghost to get a lid on. (laughs) Stay with me. Stay with me. Through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing. Where did the Bible tell us Satan was set up? Where did it tell us he was set up? Where? Ephesians chapter 6. Keep keep 2 Corinthians. Ephesians 6. Y'all with me? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Go back over to 2 Corinthians 10. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. You busted your back up. You'll never walk right again. The Word of God says, by my stripes ye are healed. I used to get my wife to set me up on the side of the bed. I would pull an elastic back brace around me and cinch that thing as tight as I could get it, grab hold of a walker, grit my teeth, pull myself up, and pain shoot through my body. And I would say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I would take a step and I would say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I would take another step and say, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I would take another step, pain wrecking my body, and that high thing telling me, it's useless, it's hopeless, forget it, give up. God's forsook you. You failed God. You blasphemed. You've been disobedient. What was it doing? Exalted itself against the knowledge of God that lived on the inside of me. But because I renewed my mind, my mind would come back and say, Satan, you're a liar. The Word of God says, are you listening to me? I learned to do warfare. I learned to fight the good fight of faith. And I I learned to lay hold on eternal life. I learned to take God's promises and refuse to be denied. Refuse would not be denied. It's like when that horse kicked Sister Gail. What was that, three or four years ago? Kicked her right across her shin, 2,300 pound. Are they Pershons? 2,300-pound Pershon horseshoe like this. I mean big. Little horseshoe like this, and that thing three times the size. That 2,300-pound horse picked that foot up and come right down across her shin bone. Pow! 
And the guy that was working with her heard the lick. He said, you better sit down. I heard your bones snap. Fear could have took hold of her. But I had been teaching people at that time on the warfare of the mind. How to stand and believe God. Blood running down her leg. It broke the skin. Blood running down her leg. I mean a sodded lick. Of a big hind quarter of a 2,300 pound horse popped that leg. And that guy said, that bone's popped. I heard it snap. She said, no. She said, I believe God. She said, my pastor's been teaching me to believe God. She said, I'm all right. And they forced her to go to the emergency room. Got her to the emergency room, cleaned up, cut up, stitched it up, x-rayed it. Not a broken bone nowhere. Why? She dared to believe. And God took that instant to make himself real to her and to the people she worked around. Never swole up, never got blue, never got any pain. You listening to me? Never got any pain. She went to her granddaughter's birthday party that afternoon. Went back to work that afternoon. They sent her to get a prescription and she went and got it filled just because of her insurance stuff and because she had to for her employer. Come out and there was a man or somebody getting out of a car, had a big cast on their leg and hobbling on crutches and Sister Gail went up and started preaching to them, telling them what God had done for her. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But y'all listen to me. It exalteth itself. It sits in high places. Every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Against the knowledge of your healer, your savior, your deliverer. It exalts itself against that knowledge and it will tell you it don't work. It don't work. Man, what you're believing is crazy. You telling me a 2,300 pound horse can kick somebody in the shin and give a solid lick and all they got is a cut on their leg? No swelling, no bruising, no soreness, no pain, no broken bones. Don't make sense to the carnal mind. You tell me, Brother Metter, that you can stand in the house of God or stand anywhere else and you've got a mashed vertebrae. Is vertebrae or a disc? I can't never remember. You've got a, I, I got a disc in my back mashed flat as a pancake. And once it's mashed, it don't grow it back. It don't rejuvenate itself. It's still mashed. Is that right, nurse? My L5 is mashed flat as a pancake. And if, and I had to go to the doctor that happened in 2000. I had to go to the doctor in 2005 because I got hit head on in a wreck. And the doctor come in over there with my x-ray me laying there in the emergency room and looked at me. She said, you in pain? I said, a little bit, just in my neck. She said, no, I'm talking about this compression factor, compression, this old compression fracture down in your back. I said, man, that disc is mashed. She said, you don't hurt? I said, no, ma'am. She said, you ain't got no pain? I said, no, ma'am. She said, I see here, you don't, you don't take no medicine. I said, no, ma'am. She said, no high blood pressure. I said, no, ma'am, God's good. No cholesterol, no, ma'am, God's good. No diabetes, no, ma'am, God's good. No arthritis, no, ma'am, God's good. No no pain pills, you're not in pain how you walk. I said, God is good. 
It don't make sense to the carnal mind. It don't make sense to the carnal mind. But by believing, God took the foolishness of this world to confound the wisdom of the wise. Takes simple faith in everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Telling you God's word don't work. Telling you God's word will never bring you out, will never deliver you, will never set you free, will never move in your situation. That's what the devil wants you to believe. He exalts himself against the knowledge of God. That high thing that sets up there exalts itself. Are y'all still with me? But what we do, we bring into captivity every thought. We know what's going on up here and we say, uh-uh, devil. That ain't right. And we bring every thought it's captured by the Spirit of God and brought into obedience. It's brought into the captivity of Christ. Amen. Till every thought, till every thought is brought unto obedience. Till you don't let anything negative, you don't let anything negative speak into your spirit. You defy the devil. Y'all listening to me? And the only way you can do this is you've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because if you allow your carnal man to rule you, your car, there's no faith in your carnal man. Doubt and unbelief don't come from your spirit man. It comes from your carnal man. It comes from your carnal man. Your spirit man is in you so that you can walk with God. The Bible says in Galatians, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Brother Matter, how do I walk in the Spirit? That word walk means to occupy or do things pertaining to. When you do things pertaining to what the Spirit is telling you to do in prayer and study and practice of the Word, you grow in God. The Spirit of your mind is renewed. That when you need God to be there for you, the first thing that happens is your mind locks into the word. It don't go into fear. When my wife had a miscarriage back in 1983, I was weak in fasting. Been up praying most of the night. I was sick in my body. I was preaching a tent revival and got sick. I was battling in my body, wouldn't break my fast. And I had a dream about 4 o'clock that morning that she miscarried and started hemorrhaging. Well, about 7 o'clock that morning, she woke me up. And sure enough, she she'd miscarried. And she was hemorrhaging. She, I mean, bleeding, passing blood. And she come woke me up. And I went in there in the bathroom. She just pouring blood. And I was real groggy. And I started down the hall to pick up the telephone. I stay in somebody's home. To pick up the telephone and call 911. And I got about four or five steps down the hall. When I did, the Spirit of God kicked in. And I said, no devil. I said, it ain't happening. I said, I've believed God. I said, I've always believed God. And I said, I will not. 
I said, I believe God, and something hit me. The Spirit of God hit me, and I turned on my heel and walked right back to the restroom and laid hands on her and commanded her blood flow to stop, and it dried up just like that. Why? The Spirit of God, I had conditioned my mind. I had conditioned my spirit man to step in and refuse to believe the lie the carnal man wants to tell you and get you to believe that God will not move for you. God will never fail you. God will never fail you. If you live according to His Word and walk upright and do that which is right in His sight and you put your trust in Him, He will never fail you. He can't. What do you mean He can't? He said, My Word cannot be broken. He can't break His Word. He can't break His Word. God cannot break His own Word. It's written down right there in black and white. What God said, he put it in black and white. He himself can't break it. He said, my word is forever settled in heaven. It can't be broken. God's word can't be broken. He said, if I said it, I'll do it. If I've spoken it, I shall surely bring it to pass. Who's he going to bring it to pass for? The person that believes it and will stand on it and will fight for it and will walk up right in his side. That's the person he'll move for. Well, God might move for Brother Harlan, but he ain't going to move for me. You and the devil both a liar. If God moves for Brother Harlan and he don't move for you, you better be examining what's going on in your mind. Because this is where the warfare is. This is where the enemy's going to try to persuade you that God's word ain't real. This is where he's going to, every time you quote the word of God, he's going to hit you with something negative. He's going to hit you with something doubting and unbelieving and tell you it ain't going to work. He will paint you the worst picture. He will paint you the worst picture. Will he not? I mean, my God, you can get a mental picture of everything going to hell in a handbasket. I don't even remember what year it was that Kristen woke up one night just a squalling, had pain in her legs. I don't even remember what year it was. I still evangelize, and that's all I can tell you. And she just woke up screaming. Her legs was hurting in the cast of her legs. And I went in there and prayed for her. And I couldn't get her. It's like I couldn't touch her. Just come off 40-something days of fasting, couldn't touch God. Couldn't touch God. And I mean, worked with her for a long time. And finally, I, I asked her, I said, Can you not, do you not have something you can give her? She said, we don't give them anything. <laughs> so there ain't, no, ain't nothing in the house. We never give them nothing. <laughs> you know, I was just frustrated. So I said, well, here, just take her. And I went in the living room and got to praying. But there was such a bombardment in my mind. Such a warfare. God, what am I doing wrong? Where have I missed it? Why are you not moving for me? And so I got on the phone. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning at that time. And I called a, a preacher out in Texas. 
And I told him what was going on. And I told him, I said, I said, I'm, I'm at my 